Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. Today's episode is about my journey to love, compassion, understanding, and forgiveness. For the last year, I have released a new episode every Friday, but I needed to take a couple weeks off due to a family emergency. But I am back, and I felt the strong need to share my journey with all of you with the hope that this episode may help some of you. So let me take you back a few weeks. I started to see 555 every single day, and I mean it was everywhere that I looked. 555 means big change is coming. Sometimes it can be a big positive change, and other times it can mean a heads up for something that will be life-altering. I never get scared when I see 555 because I always know that whatever is to come is for the greatest and highest of good. So one night I had a dream about my father-in-law. I could see him as clear as day in my dream, and the very next morning I received a message from my mother-in-law that he had been airlifted to the hospital. And as soon as she messaged me, I told her that I knew that she was going to contact me because I had seen him in my dream last night and I knew something was wrong. But he was discharged the following day and given some meds. My husband and I were so worried about him because we both just had this terrible feeling. Then, about a week later, I had a dream about my uncle that had passed 15 years ago. It was so real, I could actually feel his energy and I could even smell him. He always worked on the farm and I could literally smell the hay and the animals. And I've talked to him multiple times on the other side for my aunt and cousins, but I've never had him visit me in my dreams. And that morning, I woke up and I knew that the other side was trying to give me a heads up for something to come. Well, the very next day, my father-in-law was admitted to the hospital and was told that he was going to need open-heart surgery. It was so stressful. Nick couldn't even fly to see him because the province of Nova Scotia has very strict COVID rules and he would need to be quarantined for two weeks. So he sat back feeling completely helpless. I believe it was a Thursday that we got the call and that weekend we were both feeling just so unsettled and we couldn't shake this weird heavy feeling. And that Tuesday I had gotten a call from my brother that my father was admitted to the hospital as well on that very same Thursday. He had waited a few days to tell me because he wasn't sure if it was that bad or not, but on that Tuesday he was told that it wasn't looking good. There is a reason my brother chose to wait to tell me, and I will explain that here soon. So I sat there in complete and utter shock. Both of our dads were admitted to the hospital on the same day? What are the chances? The 555s, the dreams, that uneasy feeling. My spirit guides had been trying to prepare me, and I knew that something was up, But I was also so incredibly busy with work that I didn't really stop to sit and listen. All I knew was that I had this strange feeling that I just couldn't shake. And so when I found out that both of them were hospitalized, all of the signs, dreams, numbers, and feelings made sense. My father-in-law was pretty much going through a waiting game, waiting for his surgery. And we sat back helpless, not even being able to go to be by his side. And my father was getting worse by the minute. Now let me take you on a journey back in time to explain my situation with my father. Our relationship was extremely complicated. I hadn't spoken to him in approximately 12 years. There are layers and layers of complication, and since my spiritual journey seven years ago, I have worked so hard on forgiving him. But I always say that forgiveness doesn't happen overnight. It is a process. 
and for the last twelve years I have worked on accepting that I would never see him again in this life. He never once reached out to me to mend our relationship, and I have spent these last twelve years grieving. And approximately seven years ago he was diagnosed with dementia, and from what my brother has told me he was slowly slipping away. When I moved across Canada over 13 years ago, it took me 10 years to even get on a plane to go home to Ontario to visit. I either stayed with my younger brother or my best friend. It took me that many years to go home because I was afraid. I was afraid of opening a doorway into my past pain. But three years ago, I ripped off that band-aid and went with my family. I didn't see either of my parents, but the first trip went better than I thought and I actually missed being back home and seeing all of my friends and even some of my extended family. I actually enjoyed it so much that I decided to take my kids several times over the last three years. But on one particular visit back, I found out that my father had moved to a new property, and that property was just seven minutes from my best friend's place that we were staying at. It brought out a whole bunch of emotions that I wasn't expecting. I thought about just showing up on his doorstep many times, but from what I heard from my brother was that could actually really confuse him because of his disease, and so I stayed away. There was one visit that Nick, the kids, and I were staying at my girlfriend's again, and we decided to do a drive-by of his new property that was so close by. The moment that we drove past it, my youngest son asked why we couldn't stop there because he wanted to meet him. And in that moment, my heart felt as if it had been broken into a million pieces. I kept thinking that, you know, hopefully one day my kids will understand. Maybe one day they will know that their grandfather made very poor choices in his life and never once cared to reach out to get to know them. And as we drove away, I tried my best to accept that I would never see him again in this life. And even if by some miracle I did, the dementia would have taken over and he may not have even remembered me. I had many friends and family members ask me if I would go to his funeral someday, and honestly, I couldn't even answer that at the time. All I knew was that I would want to be there for my youngest brother, as he was the only sibling that stayed by our father's side. He spent seven long years taking him to every appointment and taking care of him, even showing up in the middle of the night to his home when he would have an episode. The amount of guilt that I have felt over the years for leaving him to do all of the work wasn't easy, and I always told him that should anything happen, that I would show up to support him should he want me there. So the reason my brother waited to tell me was because he really thought my dad was going to be okay. But the doctors told him the opposite. I was actually in the middle of a FaceTime session with a client when he called me to tell me the news. And when I finished the reading, I called him and he told me that he was dying and they would be moving him to palliative care. And I got off the phone with him and sat there in almost disbelief. I mean, I've been trying to prepare myself for this moment for many years, but truthfully, no one can ever fully prepare at all. And that day, I paced back and forth. I felt so sick to my stomach. And then all of a sudden, I knew without a doubt I needed to fly home to forgive him. I called my husband at work and told him I needed to leave as soon as possible. I knew in my heart that all of the signs were pointing me in the direction to go. Even between our two provinces, there was no quarantine rule. My beautiful friend, who is a flight attendant, had put me on as her companion almost two years ago, but hasn't been able to work these days because of COVID. 
but miraculously, that week, she had her flying benefits reinstated, and I was able to book a flight home the very next day for next to nothing. That was an incredible gift, and I will be forever grateful. So I threw stuff in a bag, not really even knowing what I had packed, and contacted my best friend who lived 20 minutes from the hospital. She told me that she was picking me up from the airport and I would be staying with her. She never even thought twice about it. And the next morning, my husband dropped me off at the airport. I was in a complete daze, and once I boarded the plane, I sat down with my head in my hands and everything hit me at once. I could not stop crying and shaking. We had to wait about 45 minutes on the tarmac as they de-iced the plane, and that is when a panic attack hit me. I haven't had one of those in years. I had a mini one the night before, but nothing like this. Thankfully, I knew what to do to calm myself. I placed my hand to my heart and I started breath work, and slowly it did work. I did cry the entire flight, but they were just tears that rolled out of my eyes, and I didn't try to stop them as I knew it was part of my healing. That night when I arrived in Toronto, my girlfriend and her partner and their four-month-old baby took me to their home. I hadn't been able to meet her daughter until that night because of COVID, and I was so grateful to have them all to support me. The baby snuggles were the most pure, comforting, and healing that I could have ever asked for. So the next day, my brother made the appointment for me to go to say goodbye to my dad. The hospital was only allowing one hour a day for one person to visit because of strict COVID rules. My brother hadn't even had a chance to go and see him, and yet he gave up his hour for me so that I could say goodbye. My girlfriend drove me up to the hospital and gave me the strength that I needed to go in. I was absolutely terrified. I stood outside of his room shaking. It took everything I had in me to go in. I hadn't seen him for all of those years, and so many emotions were hitting me all at once. When I first saw him, I was shocked. He hadn't changed at all. He was actually sleeping when I first went in, and so I slowly walked to his bedside, carefully sat down beside him and grabbed his hand and whispered to him that I had come to set us both free. He then actually woke up and looked me right in the eye, and some would say that because of his dementia that he wouldn't remember me, and I could agree with his physical being not knowing, but I know without a doubt that his soul knew. And in that moment he looked at me, and all I felt was love. All of the hurt, pain, trauma, anger, and sadness fell away. Instead of seeing a man who had made very poor choices, which hurt many people upon his path, I saw a little boy who had suffered at the hand of others. I saw all of his pain and hurt in that moment, and I told him that I forgave him. He kept grabbing my hand and touching my face and arm, and I said everything that I felt that I needed to say and took some very beautiful photos because I always wanted to remember that moment. They can be found on my Instagram at divinemessages333 or on my Facebook at divinemessages. And I chose to do that so that I could share that moment with all of you because it does mean a lot to me. So I said what I thought was my final goodbye and I left. And when I got back to my girlfriend's, my brother came to see me. I knew he was sad that he had given up his time for me, and I started to feel guilty, really guilty, and he said that he wished he could get in that night to see him, and then a thought came to me. I told him to just call the hospital and see if there was a way that he could get in, COVID rules and all. I told him that it depends on who you get, and maybe there was a chance. I told him that he had nothing to lose, and that if you ask, you shall receive. 
So sure enough, a few hours later, he told me that he did just that, and miraculously, they allowed him in, and he got to spend two and a half hours with our dad. The next day was tough. I felt like a sitting duck. I didn't think I was going to be able to get back in to see him again, and I was told that they had changed his care to palliative and that they would be moving him to hospice whenever they could get him a bed. In my heart, I wanted to stay as years ago I had promised my brother that I would be there for him should anything happen to our dad, but at this point I felt in the way. Plus, I was feeling awful for my husband and kids who were stressed out at home, worrying about my father-in-law, and I had a full breakdown that night and decided to book my flight home for the following morning. When I told my brother that I was going home, he seemed to be a little bit shocked, so I asked him if he needed me to stay and he said yes for a few more days, and that was all I needed to make that decision to stay. I guess I just wanted to know that I wasn't in his way at all, and my father-in-law was an incredible rock for me, even from his hospital bed. He told me that Nick and the kids would be fine and that I needed to be there for my brother. So on the Monday night, my dad was moved to hospice and taken off IV. One of my girlfriends that works at that hospital told me that her very good friend worked at the hospice that he would be sent to and that her own mother had actually passed at. She told me that she would reach out to her and let her know that he would be coming there as soon as there was a bed available. And we found out that my girlfriend's friend had pulled some strings and got him in right away. Even the doctors were shocked that he had gotten a bed so quickly, and we were so, so grateful because the visiting rules are different in hospice, and they allow multiple people in at any time of the day. What a gift that was that she had given us. And so from the Tuesday to Saturday, my brother and I would go and sit by his bedside. We had some pretty incredible conversations, and we laughed at old memories, and we grew closer. We had difficult conversations as well that were very much needed. And as I sat beside my father while he slept, I held his hand, I kissed his cheeks and forehead. I got to tell him many more things, but most importantly, I told him over and over again that I forgave him. On the Friday, we were told that he had 24 to 48 hours to live. We spent as much time with him as we could have in those two days, and we got the call that he had passed at 3.20 a.m. on Easter Sunday morning. We all went to the hospice to see him, and just two days later, we went to the funeral. I spent a short time with him in the room. I told him that I wanted him to come visit me every chance that he got. I asked him to send me very specific signs so that I would know that it was him. I told him what I do as a medium, and I wanted him to finally see and know how I love to help people, and that I hoped he would be proud of me. During the week at the hospice, I actually got to see his family members that had passed, and I knew they were waiting for him. And as I stood in front of his lifeless body, I knew that he was free and with them all. I tried my best to hold myself together so that I could be the rock for my brother, but when I finally got to the airport that day after the funeral, it was as if a floodgate had opened up and everything that I had held in came gushing out of me. I stood at the gate and could not stop crying. I was on the phone with Nick and all I said was that I wished that I could just have a small glass of wine and something to eat, but the pub beside the gate was closed. So Nick told me just to go for a walk and that something would have to be open. I had no appetite but hadn't had any food that day and knew that I couldn't get anything on the plane. So I went to the bathroom, tried to clean up my face, and started walking. 
And sure enough, I found a small store where I bought a bag of chips, thinking that at least that would be something to tide me over. But as I kept walking, I saw a little pub open, and I was like, okay, great. I can go in, sit, and have a little glass of wine. I didn't have a lot of time, but I was just so happy to sit for a minute and breathe. So I found a spot, sat down, and ordered. And when I took off my mask to take the first sip, the waterworks started again. I couldn't stop them. And there was this man sitting across from me, and he looked at me and said, I can feel your pain. I was in your shoes last year as I lost my brother and sat at the airport feeling the exact same way as you. He offered to buy my glass of wine for me, but I politely declined as I had just paid for mine. He then started to tell me that he had also lost his sister as well, and there was just the three siblings. He then told me that all of their names started with the letter J, and I found that to be quite interesting, as I also have two siblings and the three of us have names that start with a K. Then he tells me their names, and he says his name is Jerry, and in that moment I completely froze. I said, did you just say your name was Jerry? And he says, yes. I then told him that I had just lost my father, and that was his name. So he took out his ID and slid it to the guy beside me so that I could see. Sure enough, it was even spelt the same way as my dad's. I was sitting there like, what are the chances of that? I then turned to the guy that was sitting in between us who was just quietly eating his meal, and I apologized for the two of us being so depressing talking about loss, and he quietly said that he didn't mind at all and that he completely understood because he had lost his dad just two months ago. Again, what are the chances of that as well? So, Jerry tells me he's got to catch his flight back to Calgary. Of course he would be on my flight. As we were walking to the plane, he asked me what row I was sitting in, and I told him it was row number 17. So I checked in and went and found my seat and sat down. It was a completely full flight, and I was sitting between two people. I started to have the worst anxiety, and I couldn't stop crying. I put my face between my hands, and I just sobbed. After everyone was seated and we were ready to take off, I heard someone say, Hey, you need to get up. I'm taking your seat. And as I looked up, because I had had my head in my hands the entire time, I see Jerry standing at the end of my aisle. He says, You are going to the front and taking my seat. I was in shock. I blankly stared at him and he was like, We are about to take off and you gotta go. And I tried to tell him that I couldn't do that. I told him that I was fine where I was. I said, thank you, but I'm not taking your seat. And he took one look at me and said, yes, you are. Go now. I'm in seat 3A. Everyone around us was looking. I had tears all over my face. And I stood up as if I was in a daze and walked down the aisle to this man's seat up in plus, which is considered business class on our Canadian airlines. I sat down and I just sobbed even harder because in that moment, I knew that this man was an angel in disguise and my father was making this all happen. They served me wine right away and food, and yes, I was so grateful for all of that food because I was actually starving. And there was an older gentleman beside me who talked to me for almost the entire flight. He had told me that he had also lost his father at the very same hospital as my dad. He had kept me sane on that flight home, and it was like he was placed there to keep me afloat. It was halfway through the flight, though, when it hit me that I was flying home as a staff member from my girlfriend. And this poor man gave up his expensive seat for me, and I had already been blessed to have been able to fly for so cheap. 
It was in that moment that I just had to remember to accept this beautiful gift from the universe, and I swore that I would pay it forward. So when we landed, I waited for Jerry to get off, and I thanked him from the bottom of my heart, and I said that I promised that I would give back. And when I looked closely at him, I saw that he had the exact same color eyes as my father. These are the things that happen that you just can't make up. I came home to my family and told Nick the whole story, and we both knew without a doubt it was my father trying to make things up to me, even in some small way. What I've learned throughout this entire journey over the last few weeks is that I've acquired a new sense of love, compassion, understanding, and forgiveness. I feel that I will now be able to truly empathize with people as a medium. I mean, I've always been compassionate and empathizing, but I now feel like I will feel on a much much deeper level. I've talked about forgiveness many times before and even in many episodes, but this level of forgiveness is something that I never knew existed. I forgave my father because I wanted to live the rest of my life in peace, but I also forgave him because I knew he needed help to set his soul free from all of his past mistakes. In this last week, I have prayed so hard for my father-in-law he had had his open heart surgery the day that I actually flew home. Oddly enough, the doctors had made him wait to have it done as he was supposed to have it the week that my dad was in the hospice. I feel that all of this was divinely timed. I believe the universe knew that I needed him to help me through the loss of my dad, and they operated the day that I flew home. I prayed for him to make it through, and I begged the universe not to take him. I felt this wasn't his time. I told them that they couldn't take both of my dads at the same time. He has been a father to me for the last 23 years and I now needed him more than ever. He spent a week in ICU medicated and asleep and my husband was so afraid that he wasn't going to make it. And I kept reassuring him that the message I was getting from my spirit guides was that he was going to be okay. And miraculously, he woke up the other day and is healing faster than normal. When we finally got to speak on the phone when he was moved to the step-down unit, I cried and I told him that I knew that he was going to make it because we needed him, and I'm beyond grateful to everyone up above. So I want to leave you all with this today. I believe in miracles. I've experienced so many in my life, and I believe in the power of prayer. And I also believe, ask and you shall receive. I am still going to have days where I feel angry, frustrated and hurt, but I will continue to work through these emotions. As I always say, you've got to feel it to heal it, so I will allow those emotions to be felt. I will sit with them, I will cry, scream, or be angry, but I won't stay there. I will feel it all and then work on letting it go, because I deserve to be happy and peaceful, and that is what I will strive for for the rest of my life. And for all of you, if there is someone that you are having a hard time forgiving, remember that forgiveness is not condoning their behavior. Forgiveness is so that you can be set free from the karmic ties that keep you bound to that person. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that you can give to yourself. Thank you all so much for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast and allowing me to share my journey with you all. I'm going to end today's episode with a beautiful quote that I recently heard. If you ever get the chance to treat them the way that they treated you, no matter how painful it was, 
I hope that you choose to walk away and do better. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the divine messages interpretations. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.